0: Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project. We'll have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives.
1: Dan's guest this week is Barack Richmond, professor at Duke University Law School.
0: So uh, tell me a bit more about your research on uh, mental patients.
1: Uh, well it 's uh, consumers of mental health patients of mental health services which actually are different from mental patients. Um, so one of my areas of research is health services, uh, uh, health policy, and a particular interest of mine is looking at how private insurance guides consumption of health services and I've been looking at the consumption of mental health services, outpatient mental so, health so services.
0: So what we're saying here is these are people who are outside in the world, they're not in any hospital, and they basically go ahead and talk to a shrink or do something from time to
1: time, and the insurance pays for it. That's the issue? Exactly. Usually insurance covers most of these services. Sometimes they're limited. Uh, often individuals have to pay copayments. But for the most part, I'm looking at services that are covered by insurance.
0: Okay, so this is 100% covered by insurance, or so a small copayment? And your question is what?
1: is whether it should be covered by insurance. Now, we have to remember insurance dollars come from premiums, primarily from premiums. So each of us pay a premium to get health insurance. And then when we need health services, the insurance helps pay for that. And the big question is what services should insurance be paying for?
0: Now, what is the logic? Like, How would you decide what things insurance should be paying for?
1: Well, that's the the big question that's been underappreciated. If we think about insurance as a protection from catastrophe, which is really what insurance is, then we want insurance to pay for really expensive services. Uh, that we Like,
0: uh, like heart, exactly. heart problems. A
1: sudden operation, a visit to the emergency room. Uh, suddenly we're diagnosed with a severe disorder that we uh, had no control over.
0: But, but wouldn't this like, kill whole fields of medicine like podiatry and uh, maybe even psychiatry?
1: Well, that's the big question. I mean, there's no question about it, and and the motivations behind this, I think, are in the tax system. There's no question that insurance in America is uh, over has over coverage. That's what people call talk about the Cadillac services. That's why there's a big debate right now in Congress over whether these uh, health services, whether these insurance plans, should be taxed or not. Um, And there are a lot of services that are outpatient that are very difficult to link to the essence of insurance, whether they're associated with some kind of catastrophe or not.
0: Okay, so so we can talk about dental insurance, we can talk about health insurance, all of those things you're saying. If it's a catastrophe, that's what insurance is for. And if it's not a catastrophe, then is there another consideration of something we could decide that it's worthwhile to cover as an
1: insurance? Well, you you might think of it this way. Uh, Often, um, uh, home insurance uh, helps pay for... a. Uh, introducing fire alarms. That's because it's good for the insurance company. It's these are these are interventions. These are costs that we can that we can undertake to reduce the likelihood of disaster.
0: So, for example, in health insurance, it will be something that is preventative medicine. You would say anything is preventative medicine. It's worthwhile to do as an insurance because people might not do it themselves, and this way they will. Be able to, forced to do it, able to do it, and it's good for everybody.
1: Well, that's exactly right. Although we have to think of what preventive medicine is. All, all consumption of any health service for the most part promotes health. But we have to associate it with some kind of catastrophe. Uh, you think of podiatry. I mean, I, I you know, you might think of uh, maybe there are some services where we take care of the foot that will reduce the likelihood of severe injury to the spine. Um, but also, a lot of podiatry probably is cosmetic. Mean, I'm not a podiatrist. You think, you think of a dermatology. A lot of dermatology is cosmetic. It is not associated with melanoma or some other severe uh, onset uh, down the road that would be expensive. And that would be the way you would want to distinguish services that are covered by insurance and those that are not.
0: So so let's go back to outpatient mental health. Is it worthwhile? Does it prevent anything?
1: Well, the, the research I've been doing has been looking at... Those who consume mental health outpatient mental health services and whether that reduces the likelihood of a hospitalization. Now, these are and measures. oh, we're not finding a whole lot of linkages, which by itself isn't so problematic. But what is more problematic is then we look at the people who really are consuming outpatient mental health services, and the evidence that we can come up with this is preliminary but the evidence we come up with is that these are not individuals who. Uh, are likely to need severe intervention. Instead, these are, indiv- these are individuals who are wealthy, for the most part, who are white. Uh, who so
0: these ha- are like law professors who are basically happy in life and go to complain about something with their spouse or kids from
1: time to time? Or, or business professors, yeah. That, that's the demographic we're looking. And what's problematic is that these individuals are having their services consumed by folks uh, who are working class, who are paying premiums, the same premiums as all of us are. Uh, and that's a tremendous regressive wealth transfer.
0: So, so it looks to me that what we need to think about is one way is to say we all deserve health insurance, we all should have health, and it's kind of a part of our legal rights as individuals. But this is about health, and when we come to insurance, it becomes more tricky because we every time we consume something, we impose a cost on other people, and the question is how do we justify those costs.
1: That's exactly right. And actually, that last part is, is really is highly underappreciated. We don't know how much we're paying for health insurance. And the truth is we're paying enormous amounts of money for health insurance. It's about 18% of GDP right now. And when we consume health care, we're taking money out of this pot that's huge but limited. And we really have to make sure that we're directing consumption in the right way.
0: Last question. Since you've done this, have you started consuming health care differently yourself?
1: Uh, I'm an economic agent I respond to the incentives that are created by my health plan
0: Thank you very much
1: Take care This has been Arming the Donkeys A weekly podcast with Dan Ariely Professor of Behavioral Economics at Duke University Learn more at predictablyirrational.com.